You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Good Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show alongside Rob Weinberg. I am Gary Byron. Rob, good morning, buddy. Good morning, Gary. How's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, You know, I'm doing my best to hang in there over here, man. Uh, You know how it is. Yes. How was your week? The week was great and uh, I'm seeing some really good traction going on with buyers finally in the market. I've had five, six buyers just in the last week get their offers accepted. They've been in the market for months and it's like, finally, we're seeing some traction for them. Which, which what do you attribute to taking so long? Is it all this? Is it the same issue with all, all six of you them? Know, I would say it's a lot of the buyers are using FHA loans or VA loans are a little bit harder to get those offers accepted in the seller's market that we're in. Um, some with down payment or credit challenges. So they're putting lower down payments. So they're other people's offers are getting accepted. Cash offers are people putting, you know, 20, 30 percent down, which are more favorable. Um, and I think there's finally a little bit more inventory coming up with the time of year and getting out of the pandemic, things like that, that are allowing just more activity to go on. So I'm excited because it's a lot of activity in a short period of time from people that have been really persevering hmm. over many months to finally do this. But in today's show, I actually wanted to talk about mortgage forbearance, which Hmm. is a topic that's come up a lot lately. And I've had quite a few people that have been contacting me trying to refinance or buy a home that have been in a forbearance or are in a forbearance plan right now. All right. So mortgage forbearance. What is mortgage forbearance? Let's start there. Okay. So mortgage forbearance is when your mortgage servicer or your current lender allows you to either pay your mortgage temporarily with a lower payment Or, as in most cases, pause paying your mortgage altogether for a certain period of time. Now, you do have to pay the money back. This isn't like a complete free-for-all here, as we'll talk about. Um, You do have to pay the money back, either the reduction or later. So you can pay it back, and we'll talk about some of the strategies that they're using to pay it back. But either when you... Right when the forbearance ends, you make a lump sum and pay back all the money that you owe. When you sell the house, they'll add that money to the back end of the mortgage. Or when you refinance your home, they will, again, add the money to the back of the mortgage. I've seen some circumstances, depending on the servicer, where they'll actually put a second mortgage on your home for the missed payments. That's a really bad scenario, but that is something that has uh, been happening. All right. There's more of a talk of forbearance now than, let's just say, in the last few years. Why is that? So forbearance is a really hot topic right now. It's always been around, but it wasn't being used by the masses until COVID hit. So what happened was, you know, when COVID hit, the government passed this act called the CARES Act. I'm sure you've heard of the CARES Act. It included a lot of different things to help individuals and businesses get through the pandemic. It uh, included like assistance to businesses, small business loans to stay afloat. But one of the things in there was to help consumers and homeowners, which was this forbearance plan. And it really forced all of the mortgage servicers and lenders in the country that were servicing loans 
to allow their consumers or their homeowners that were paying these mortgages back to just stop paying because, again, widespread unemployment, job losses, income reductions were going on. So rather than have or face a wave of foreclosures or a wave of people that were going to be behind on their mortgages, the CARES Act, you know, really just forced their hand to allow pretty much anybody just by clicking a button online or calling in to say, hey, I'm in hardship. I need that forbearance plan. And they're pausing their mortgage payments for, I believe, three months was the low end of it. So you could start out with three months and you could go all the way up to a 12 month period uh, where you didn't pay your mortgage. So a substantial period of time uh, just by requesting it, like I said, and you could request an extension as well. So at the end of the forbearance period, you could go back and say, hey, I'm still in hardship and have them reset that period. And a lot of people are doing that. How do you prove that you're in hardship, though? I mean, there's that's the problem. There is no you don't have to prove it. You click a button wow. or call. If you call any mortgage company in the country, even right now, the intro message says, if you are having financial hardship due to COVID-19, press one. And if you press that button, they'll take you through usually an automated process of just uh, saying, I've got hardship. They don't make you prove why. You don't have to have lost your job. You just, it's an honor system. Is that right? Uh, it's wow. its not a matter of right or wrong. It's the law. So they had oh to goodness. to do this. And people are taking advantage. Oh, yeah, I would imagine they're exploiting it. Yeah, yes. that's I, I got issues with that, though, because, I mean, anytime you put something on the honor system, you're opening yourself up for fraud. You know, Massive there's going to be fraud. fraudulent claims, Massive here. fraud. I, I can tell you stories of people. One client in particular down in Stanford, the guy makes two hundred and fifty thousand a year. Very stable job. Wasn't affected by the pandemic at all. Owns a couple properties. He put all of them in forbearance. All of them. He's just been pocketing the money. He's actually been you know, doing some day trading with his mortgage money and buying Bitcoin and other things and investing the money he was going to pay towards his mortgage just because they gave him this free for all. He actually came to me to refinance and couldn't refinance because, as we'll discuss, you know, you can't refinance when you're in a forbearance plan. There's certain stipulations and he had no idea. And that's the big thing is they make it so easy. Nobody has any idea about the implications of it. And that's just one story. I mean, I can imagine that you can talk about many people taking advantage. And, and I really have to highlight taking advantage here of, of this program when, <laughs> when they really didn't need to, like, the way you put right. it. So a lot of people that didn't need to, like him, that had good jobs, they had good incomes, some of them, you know, multiple six-figure incomes, Um and they still took the forbearance plan because the way that it was shown to the public in the media, the way it was portrayed by the mortgage companies was, hey, you don't have to make your payment. Do you want to make your mortgage payment or not? And of course, everyone was like, no, I don't want to make my mortgage payment. They click a button. They call, you know, call a hotline. They press a couple keys on their phone and then their mortgage is in forbearance. But then they want to go and see their home value going up. They want to refinance or they want to buy a home. And then the truth comes to the surface, which is this is a bit more complicated than just saying, I don't want to make my mortgage payment. What does that do to the bank? I mean, if everybody does this, how does the bank sustain? That's, that's a really good question. And, and what we've been seeing is that especially... In the lower credit score uh, by borrowers and the people that are, 
you know, would actually have the legitimate hardship. See, they're taking advantage more of it. When I say take advantage, I'm not talking about it in a negative way. They actually need these forbearance yeah, no, programs. I, I, but what's been happening, Gary, is that it's increased the pricing, meaning there's higher interest rates being charged for the lower credit score right now. And I actually went to a gentleman at my company that runs our secondary marketing department. They run like the rate locks and all of the, the rate sheets for our company. And I asked him about it because I saw how high the interest rates were and the fees were for the lower credit score. When I say lower score, I'm talking about under 640 credit score. And I looked at that versus someone with like a 650 or 660. And it was only a 20, 30 point difference in score, but the interest rate was like a point higher. And I said, why? Why is this? Is this something that's going to change? And what's happened is over this last year that these forbearance plans have been in place, they've been doing studies, they've been running reports, they've been doing analysis of who majority, who does these forbearances, and they're the lower income, mm -hmm. lower job type of people. And what that's created is the fact that those are higher risk loans now, as if having a low credit score wasn't bad enough. Now, they're not only factoring in that you have a low credit score, lower income, higher debt to income possibly, but now it's you're a risk for forbearance as well. And the bank is obviously going to lose money in the short term because they're having to make payments to investors for these loans regardless but now since the CARES Act came in and these forbearance plans are in, they're not getting the money from the borrowers. So it's driving the cost up for the lower end consumer. The people that need this the most are the ones that are actually paying more now. I just hope and pray that over the long haul, it will revert oh back. God. But over the next three, six, 12 months, this forbearance is right in the front view mirror of every mortgage servicer in the country, every lender in the country, and it's driving up the cost for consumers because so many people really took advantage that didn't need it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to I'm, I make heads or tails if this is a good thing, uh, this forbearance, or if if it's not a good thing. And, and I, I guess the, the, the conclusion that I'm reaching is that, generally speaking, it's a good thing because you want to, there are people to no fault of their own that have fallen on hardships due to COVID. I think the problem that I have is the implementation of it. This honor system aspect of it, because anytime anything goes on the the, the mm -hmm. honor system, it opens itself up for for fraud, and it just sounds like it, there are people who will just exploit it to the to the hill. What, what what happens to the money that is owed to the lender after a forbearance is completed? So there's really three different things that can occur at the end of the forbearance. The first one is going to be. The ideal scenario is you took a forbearance and you didn't really need you didn't really need the money from the standpoint that you did it as a backstop for your budget and you've got money saved okay. or maybe you lost your job and now you're back working. So you can pay in a lump sum. Mm -hmm. That's the I ideal situation is you missed three, four mortgage payments on forbearance plan and now you catch those up. You make a one time lump sum payment to the lender. Now you're caught up. Now you're back to normal. So that's option number one. Option number two is that they're going to modify your loan. They're going to do what's called a loan modification at the end of the forbearance, which means that they're going to take the money that's owed and they're going to either, in most cases, put it on the back end of the loan. They're going to add it to your principal balance. So maybe before the forbearance, you owed $250,000. You haven't paid your mortgage in a while. Now, after the forbearance, you might owe $265,000, $270,000. So your balance is going to go up dramatically. They're going to then modify your loan and they're going to change your payment on your loan 
to slowly but surely pay that money back over a period of time. And adding it to the back end of the loan is the most common uh, thing that I'm seeing. Um, You know, and people can pay that money back when they sell their house or when they refinance. We'll just pay it back in a lump sum. So those are the three most common things that I'm seeing with the forbearance. I, but there's got to be other hidden pitfalls. I, I'm I'm thinking, you know, when it, especially when it comes to the the mortgage uh, forbearance plans. There's there's got to be other. There's huge pitfalls, yeah. and I think the biggest mistake that was made in this CARES Act and in the way that it was portrayed in the media and just the you know everywhere that people were getting information from their lenders about it is. They were shown no consequence. They were taught that there was no consequence. You don't want to make a payment. We're in a pandemic. Don't make a payment. We're here to help you. That was kind of the idea that was thrown around. And I had a lot of clients tell me that they called their mortgage company to talk about this. They had a, you know, couple dollar an hour rep from the Philippines on the phone that doesn't know anything about forbearance that was just taught to read through a script, check a few boxes. And again, there was no agreement signed. There was no consequences shown or anything like that. So the number one biggest consequence that people don't understand when they do a forbearance is that there is a waiting period after you get out of the forbearance before you can get a new mortgage. The only way you can waive that waiting period Mm -hmm. is if you pay it back in a lump sum. But if you haven't paid your mortgage in a year and your mortgage is, let's say two grand a month, over 12 months, that's $24,000 that you would owe. How many people, even if you had your job, save that money? Right, no. You know, they did something with it. So the the idea is that there it's, it's a three-month waiting period. So assuming that you don't pay it back in full, you have to wait three months to refinance or sell your house. A lot of people have been seeing the increase in home values we've been talking about on the show, and they want to take advantage of these low rates on refinancing or buying. And they come to me or any lender and say, I'm ready to go. I want to refi. I want to save money. I want to tap my equity. And they get a rude awakening when we pull their credit and see that the mortgage was in forbearance, assuming they didn't tell us. It does show up on your credit report, not necessarily lowering your score, but it does show up. And that's where I was thinking of next. How does this affect your credit score? Because if if the government is telling you on one hand that you're going to have a forbearance, it's not forgiveness. You do have to pay it back, whether it's the balloon payment, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. or at the end, the tail end of the the mortgage or through refinancing, as you Mm -hmm. stated, Um, you shouldn't be penalized. Uh, as far as your credit score And in is most concerned. cases, you're not going to be penalized. That was part of the CARES Act, that it wouldn't negatively affect your credit. And I would say 90 to 95% of the time, people that I have that I look at credit that were in forbearance or are in forbearance, it's not affecting your credit. The only thing is there's a notation on your loan that says that you are in forbearance, that you're in it right now, like currently in forbearance or whatever the note may be. But that's not going to lower your credit score. The issue I've seen on a small section of loans, like 5 to 10%, like not a big majority, but a very small section, is that there's an issue with credit reporting where it wasn't noted in their system properly or whatever the case may be, and the mortgage company screwed up and is marking them late. So all of a sudden they come in for a new mortgage three, six, nine months later, and they get told, wait, your credit score is in the dumps. You can't get a new mortgage. And then they're saying, well, I'm in forbearance, though. or I was in forbearance. That's not the way it was supposed to be. Well, good luck getting them to correct it. They are supposed to correct it. And most of the time, that's not the case. But if you're in that small segment whose mortgage lender screwed up, you've got an uphill battle to get them to correct your credit score. So that's the idea, 
you know, that's going on with the credit and how it affects it. But realize going back to the pitfalls, the second pitfall, besides being able to get a new mortgage and having to wait for that or pay in a lump sum, is that all the missed payments have to be paid back when you're either selling or refinancing. So again, it's not a free ride. And you'd be surprised how many people were, were thinking and were taught wherever they got their info, that it was a free ride, that the government was subsidizing the payments and they were getting paid and it's just you don't pay and there's no repercussion. That's a huge pitfall that people wouldn't be aware of. And the third implication is what we were just talking about with credit, which is it's not supposed to affect your credit, but sometimes it doesn't happen the way it's supposed to. You know, these mortgage servicers are servicing millions and millions of loans and mistakes do get made. So for you to be naive and think that you're not going to pay your mortgage for six months or a year or more, and that they're just going to miraculously not report you late, although that's the way it's supposed to be, unfortunately, that's not always the way it happens. So it's just an oversight then. It's an oversight. On, the bank, realize, on behalf of the bank or, yeah, the, or but, the lender. But with the so lender. many people taking advantage of this all at one time, it's bound to happen. Uh, are and there, it is happening. Are there, like, how, uh, what's the percentage of people? How many people are taking advantage it's, of this? It's in the multi, multi millions of people. The good news is that we're seeing a huge reduction in forbearances. Now, there's reports that come out like every month about the percentage of homeowners in forbearance, and that's been going down steadily over the last several months. Uh, for a very long period of time. And, and that it was thought for a while that this was going to be just kicking the can down the road and people are going to keep doing it and keep doing it. But I think a lot of homeowners have woken up. Mm. They've either spoken with a lender, they've read an article, they've spoken with an advisor, somebody that says, whoa, wait a second, you're in forbearance. Do you know about the hidden pitfalls? And if they didn't know, now they do. And they're like, whoa, I have so many people that say to me, if I would have known about that. If they would have told me yeah. that I was going to have to pay the money back or it was going to be added to the back of my mortgage or I wasn't going to be able to get a new mortgage, et cetera, I wouldn't have done it. Right. So as people are finding out, they're stopping the forbearance. And that is a great flexibility of the forbearance is that even if you took it and you didn't need it, you can stop it. You can call and just stop it all together and say, you know, I took that forbearance. I don't need it anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to get back on track. I've had a lot of clients that have done that. And their story to me was, well, at the beginning of the pandemic, I didn't know what was going to happen with my job. I didn't know what was going to happen with the economy. I had no idea. To be safe, I took the forbearance so I could create a savings account for myself because I didn't have a lot saved. Now, as we get out of this, my job is intact. I have good income. I've stayed on track with my finances and I want to refinance. Folks, you are listening to the Mortgage Matters radio show with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Uh, you can contact Rob at uh, 860-413-3938 and check out his website at robgw.com. Um, I guess I guess my, my the obvious question would be, how can a homeowner protect themselves from from being in a worse position after the forbearance is completed? So just like the story I, I had just mentioned, I think the best thing that a homeowner can do that is doing or did a forbearance is to save the money that that they mm. are not needing to spend. So That's if your mortgage to, if is a thousand fifteen hundred a month, you want to put that money in savings. Yeah, but if, if they had it, they would be paying their mortgage though. But that's not the case. <laughs> I have no idea what the statistic is, Gary. But from talking to homeowners and potential home buyers every day. It's my understanding and impression that more than 50% of the people that did these forbearances did not need to do them. 
They had good jobs intact. They had savings. They had good financial backing, and they still did it. All right, then let's talk about the honest people. What can you know? What can they do to protect so, themselves? Even if you're not going to save all the money, use the forbearance as a just like a financial ladder to get to the next step. Use it as a way to get in a better financial position. So some great ideas that have come up that I've heard is one client that stopped paying their mortgage for forbearance, but what they did was they diverted all their mortgage payments to credit card debt. That was awesome. <laughs> now they don't have a mortgage payment and they paid off a bunch of credit card debt. They didn't pay their mortgage for a year. They paid off like 20,000 in credit card debt. Now they're saving seven, $800 a month by not having credit card debt. That is an amazing financial strategy that you could do using forbearance as a financial tool. Yes, you still have to pay the mortgage back. You still have to put these you know, payments back in play, but it can help you to get other areas of your finances in order. Um, another one is just like we were alluding to, creating a rainy day fund or a savings account fund that could help you in an emergency situation. Like you said, maybe they can't save all the money, but if your mortgage payment is 1,500 bucks a month and you're not making a mortgage payment, put 500 bucks away, put $700 away into a savings account, into that rainy day fund. Use that forbearance, again, as a financial tool to increase and improve other areas of your finances. And for those that really needed it, the biggest thing is know what you're getting into. Like we always talk about on this show, know the terms of the agreement that you're getting into. Know the implications, like we're discussing. Know if it's gonna affect your credit and what it's gonna do to other areas of your finances. Understand your options when the forbearance is over and ask questions to your mortgage servicer. Because mm -hmm. again, if you get answers that you don't like, if you get a bad feeling about this or realize, you know, I really don't need this, then stop it. Stop taking advantage and abusing this privilege Stop committing fraud because that's really what it is. If you're saying you're in hardship and you're not, that's fraud. Can you get in trouble for yeah, it? Was, not okay. necessarily. I was all right. Well, then you just answered. That was my next question: Is this can, can you prosecute? They're not checking for... up on this, and I've heard from a lot of people, you know, in back office like underwriting and people that review loan programs and loan qualifications and guidelines. The biggest mistake that I feel was made, and that I'm hearing from those on that side, was that there was no verification. Did you say it was three months before that? Someone had to wait after a forbearance to refinance. Did you say three months? I thought so. You did. If you do a lump sum, then you can do it right away. Oh, okay. So an okay. example of that I'll give is you're going to sell your house and buy a new house, and you need a mortgage on the new house. But you've been in forbearance for three months, a year plus. What do you do? How do you pull that off? The way we do it is you sell your current house and the mortgage payoff on the settlement of your current house will pay all the payments back in a lump sum that you miss. Then we can get you qualified for a new mortgage right away. So there is no three-month waiting period if you pay that in a lump sum. But you're sum. still in forbearance, though. You're still not working, according to the eyes of, of the well, check again, marks. Well, again, the... The, the hardship is in the eye of... The beholder. Is uh, it yeah, you yeah, weren't yeah, working? Yeah, yeah. Is it your spouse wasn't working? Is it, you know, your kids are home now doing virtual school so you can't work as many hours? Again, there's no verification being done. So everyone just really took advantage and that's where it's at. But the three month plays in, Gary, if you can't pay that money back in a lump sum, it just, then you have it to just wait. Doesn't, I, I, and I hear what you're saying. It just doesn't seem to make sense that you're able to buy a new home immediately after a, a forbearance plan is completed. 
if you pay the money back in the payoff of but the loan. Right, but you're still under the status of forbearance, which means that you're in the eyes of the government not working. Even if you are fraudulently, you it's irrelevant. You're under the, according to the government, they don't think you, you are. So how can you even, you, you, you talk every there, week about not being able to qualify right. for a mortgage. If, There's still a normal qualification <clears throat> standard. So you keep going back to the job. And I agree that the job is probably a number one thing that would cause someone to say they they have a hardship. But there was no real definition given. It no. was simply, do you have financial hardship? That is open for interpretation. If I usually work 40 hours a week and now I'm working 35 hours a week, that's a hardship and people would do something. If my wife was working a job making $20 an hour and now she's not working because she has to stay home with our kids doing you know, virtual schooling, that's a hardship. Again, open to interpretation. You still have to go through a normal mortgage qualification. So if you don't have a job, you're not getting a new mortgage. Or if you don't have income, I should say. But there's no verification and therein lies the problem. There hasn't been any check and balance when it comes to saying I'm in hardship. Why? Check a box because there's so many people. There's uh, not enough. Uh, there's not enough resources to be able to check with people and say, "Hey, give us your termination letter from your job. Show us your bank statements. Show us this or that." Do you realize how much time and effort would be need to be put into having a lender verify? Millions and millions and millions of people have taken advantage of this and used this program. Many rightfully so, but so many that shouldn't have. When does this all, when does the forbearance go away? I don't mean any individual. I mean, because you said it's, it's up three months, up to go up to a year, and then you can reapply. I'm saying right. here we are in now, the you know, in July. All right, it's July 10th. Um, we're in a, nearly the middle of Ju of the month of 2021. Uh, we're coming out of slowly, gradually, but still moving in a in a positive trajectory. Uh, people are not wearing masks. People aren't social distancing as much. You can go to ball games, full capacity concerts, museums are opening up. You can go to the beach, really uh, anywhere you want to go. You know. Um, where people are starting to go back to work, those who want to. I'm see, I, I know this because I come in them every mm -hmm. morning. There's a lot more traffic now than there was during the height of the pandemic. When does the forbearance government, when are they going to start restricting it or if not eliminating it's, it, it? The forbearance, the term forbearance has been a financial tool that's been used for decades. It's not something new. It just came about to be a mass you know, mass forbearance was due to the pandemic. It's going to continue as long as people want it to continue. If you need to extend it, you talk to your mortgage lender, you can extend it. Might they make you at some point provide some documentation after maybe you right. do this for yeah. a year, two yeah. years plus? Yeah, this isn't an unlimited or a free for all. It was just meant for, like I said, that three to 12 month was the main thing. But I've talked to clients that have been doing this for over 12 months that have reapplied. Now they're doing another three months, et cetera. So who knows? But it's here to stay. Oh, boy. All right. So if you've got a question for uh, Rob Weinberg uh, regarding mortgage forbearance or any of the topics that we discuss on the Mortgage Matters radio show, please give him a call at 860-413-3938. Once again, his phone number is 860 413 
3938. Of course, I always suggest it always begins with the website. Check them out online at robgw.com. Once again, robgw.com. And if you choose to do so, feel free to email him. Let him know if he can uh, use your question on air. You might be solving the answering the question for others uh, as well. It's Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. Again, Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. For Rob Weinberg, I am Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening. Until next Saturday morning, have a good one, everybody. So long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.